With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Shaw Business Smart Voice powered by WebEx brings your voice and collaboration tools together so your team can work and communicate from any device. It combines your business's video, voice, conferencing, and collaboration tools seamlessly. And I do mean seamlessly, because the last thing your business needs is hiccups in your communication. Learn more at business.shaw.ca slash smartvoice. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Shot back to Larson. Another save made by Skinner in the rebound. Twisted free by Hyman. Breakaway, Connor McDavid in on Spencer Martin, and he scores. Edmonton's first shot is a goal against Martin and the Canucks, and it's Connor McDavid's 40th of the season. Yeah, McDavid got it started early for the Oilers, and then Edmonton hangs on to beat the Vancouver Canucks 4-2 tonight. Six consecutive victories for the Oilers. They're now 27-18-3, and they move into third place in the Pacific Division, just three points behind first place Vegas, who also won tonight. We'll give you the full scoreboard as we move along on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. It's 11 o'clock along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for joining us. So Zach Hyman... Rob, we will start with him. He is on a tear. He has a goal and three assists tonight. He has 12 points over the course of a five-game point streak. Uh, He's been excellent. Uh, I know when teams or people talk about the Edmonton Oilers, it always starts with Connor McDavid, then it gets quickly into uh, Leon Dreisaitl, then there's Nugent Hopkins and Evander Kane, and, and, and sometimes Zach Hyman has been left a little further down the list, and I don't think he can do that anymore. I think there's many nights where at the end of the night, you're like, Hyman was the best player again. And, and we saw this a lot, and you and I would talk about it when he was with the Maple Leafs, the excitement when the Leafs come to town and to see Matthews and Marner and, and Tavares. And at the end of the night, we were always like, you know, they all were, you know, they were okay, but really noticed that Hyman. And Hyman was noticeable, didn't always have the production. Well, now you're seeing the production. He's got more confidence. He's one of the few players that when he goes down the ice and he's got Connor McDavid, he's not automatically moving the puck to Connor because he knows sometimes he's in the better spot himself. He can hang on to the puck in the offensive zone as good as any player on the Edmonton Oilers. He has been dynamite all season long, but he's on a wonderful stretch right now where he is dominating in both sides of the rink. Up to 56 points on the season. Oilers win at 4-2. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. A lot of uh, Zach Hyman's teammates called them a perfect fit, and he's already blown past his career numbers from last year. How does perfect get even better? Well, I mean, he's effort personified, so you know what you're getting um, uh, every every day he gets to the rink, whether it's a practice or a game. Um, 
you know, he's he's at a career pace. We're proud of that, um, that he's finding his stride in Edmonton. Uh, I think he makes us a better team. I used the term to describe him before as uh, easy to play with but hard to play against. I think that sums him up uh, perfectly. And uh, he's a great teammate. Uh, he's got a big voice in the room. And uh, we're happy he's on our team. The only thing uh, that was negative was that he had a goal call back tonight. He might lead the league in that. <laughs> There's about five of them, right? He's given up figuring out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Connor McDavid becomes the fastest to score 40 in 23 years. Uh, the last player to do it, Pavel Bury in 48 games. Do you see similarities between their games? Uh, Plenty. I never saw Pavel Bure up close, um, but uh, I think you know his speed was a huge factor in, in his ability to score goals and uh, dominate the way he did. And I think Connor's his own uh, unique uh, player. Um, you know, he's- okay, we'll get back to the uh, rest of uh, Jay Woodcroft a little bit later. More post-game reaction coming up as well as uh, the Oilers beat the Vancouver Canucks four two. Tonight, so uh, Hyman, a big game and and a goal disallowed. That at full speed, I didn't even think there was going to be a problem. And then you see the replay, and, and Bruce Boudreau, and likely his last game as the coach of the Canucks, challenges. Uh, so it was 5:27 left. It would have made the game 4-2 Edmonton, which is how it ended anyway. But Bouchard with the shot from the line goes in off Hyman's leg, who's sort of coming from behind Martin uh, at an angle to his right shoulder. And there, there was some contact there. Lengthy review, relatively lengthy. We've yep. probably seen longer, but I, I think a little bit on the longer side. I mean, the, the basic rule for goalie interference, and it's a few pages in the rule book, but it says an attacking player, either by his positioning or by contact, impairs the goalkeeper's ability to move freely within his crease or defend his goal. It's interesting if you think about that. It doesn't actually say anything about impairing his ability to make, his, make a save. It doesn't say anything about where the puck is when it goes in. It doesn't even say anything if the shot and Bouchard's shot was going wide. Mm-hmm. It just says if you impair his ability to move, and they decided that Hyman did. But it has to be before it goes in the net because there's so many times after puck's in the net, a guy could go hit a goalie. Before in the before it's in the net, yes. but the puck could be behind the goalie on the way into the it net, could. right? Uh, it, it, to me, it goes back to if I was king for the day, how I'd make a rule. If you watch that in full speed and you're only given 30 seconds, that's a goal. Uh, they had to stare at it a long time and they had to stop it, rewind it, stop it, rewind it. And it. Like, you and I sat here and watched replays 10 times and we kept going back and forth. And eventually we both said, yeah, it could go either way. And it did. Um, in a perfect world, I believe that should be a goal. I, I think that the incidental contact happened as the puck was going by or after, I don't think it stopped Martin from stopping the puck. He wasn't going to touch the puck. Uh, but the referee saw it different, and it, it was very, very close. But to me, and I said it before, it, if I'm Boudreaux, I call no matter what. The game was over if they don't call and get that reversed. They're down two, the game's over. So he has to do it. Even if they were wrong, it was worth the call. And sometimes you get a lucky break, and they got a lucky break, and calls this a lot. I do feel for Hyman because five goals, he'd be on pace for 50 if he didn't have all these goals. And, and every single one of them were, like, tight. It's like, it could go either way. 
Uh, I mean, he is a nice guy. It's hard to believe that. I mean, there's other guys that you could say the refs like, I'm not letting this goal go, and I don't care what <laughs> what I see here. But uh, it was tight. I I would have counted the goal, but. Again, they don't ask for my opinion. Uh, well, Hyman, yeah, with 24 goals, he's had four goals disallowed. Three of them in November and now now tonight. So well, he's, it's because he's around the net. And it doesn't always go in off his stick. He had a couple for kicked in and he had a, had a goalie interference. I, I, I do think, again, I think letter of the law, they called it. I, I would, if it were me, I'd change the rules so more yep. goals were allowed o- overall. Well, but I, the- I think the letter of the law, they, they called it the way... The, the rule is written. Well, yeah, and I agree. And there's a couple of rules I'd like changed. That one's one. And the other one is the Derek Ryan penalty. Derek Ryan had a partial breakaway, fumbled the puck a little bit. And as the puck was going through the crease, he bumped the goalie. Again, it's an easy call. It is a penalty. But I don't believe it should be. I think if the puck goes in the net, you wave the goal off from him hitting the goaltender as he's going through the crease. But incidental contact... If the puck doesn't go in, I think it should be play on. Let's move on. If it doesn't uh, uh, doesn't start a goal or doesn't create a goal, I think that's a dumb rule. He barely touched the goalie as he's trying to make a move. Uh, we've seen it before, called back goal, stuff like that. I just think that one there is a dumb rule. Anyway, the Oilers win 4-2 over the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, you can get in touch, 780-496-0063. That is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed pro all the way. In terms of the uh, overall game flow, Oilers started early, uh, started well mm-hmm. early in this game. Uh Probably dropped off in the second period and maybe dropped off a little bit more in the third and the Canucks started to come on. Well, teams push back. You always think that the Oilers can dominate for 60 minutes, but teams are going to push back. They do have some good players on the Vancouver Canucks, and if they, if you have a little bit of a slip or if the puck bounces the wrong way for you, Vancouver's capable of putting the puck in the back of the net. To me, the a big part of this victory is, A, on the back of Skinner, I mean, first time he's played in a game in, what, 10 days? Something along that line. He was excellent. Huge save at the end of the game on a tipped puck. But a a big part of this victory is on the penalty killing. The penalty killing has not been good for the Oilers overall this season. Vancouver Canucks had two power plays in the last, what, 10, 12 minutes of this hockey game? Down a goal. And the Edmonton Oilers killed them off both times. So uh, the penalty killing is now starting to ramp it up. They're getting better play top to bottom in their lineup. They got seven defensemen playing, got two good goaltenders. The Oilers right now are on a run and are deserved of this streak that they're on because they're playing in all facets of the game. There will be blips every game that they have. There's going to be stretches where the other team pushes, but the Oilers are able to weather this, which they hadn't been doing earlier in the season. All right, so the Oilers get the uh, 4-2 victory over the Vancouver Canucks tonight against six straight for the Oilers, so they're putting together a nice run here, uh, I, I guess, on this this streak, you know, three teams you'd, you'd hope they would beat most of the time, and then uh, three wins against better opponents, and they do have some games coming up against teams lower down in the standings, so they're going to have to take advantage of those. The Pacific Division standings, uh, Vegas 60 points, Seattle 59, Edmonton 57, LA 56, and uh, Calgary 53. Flames got a big win today over the... Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, the, the teams are having to win now because there's so many of them that are involved. That Colorado's won five straight, by the way. Colorado's, uh, Colorado, we always believe we're going to be a playoff team. I think well, if I was going to throw odds in, I, th- I think it's the LA Kings that are going to fall out of it. I just don't think they have the goaltending to compete because it's going to be tight. 
going down the rest of the stretch. I think their goaltending has let them down. As you said earlier, the they played tonight, was it Nashville? Nashville scored two goals on two shots in the first 30 seconds of the game, and the Nashville Predators still hanging around. That was a big win for them. All right, let's go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. Yeah, four points tonight for this man. It is Zach Hyman. Zach, uh, last year, Connor McDavid and all, all of your teammates called you a perfect fit for this team, and you've already blown past your career-high numbers from last year. Does it feel different for you? Do you feel like, I don't know, more comfortable or just more, you know, able to thrive in your surroundings? Yeah, I think whenever you come to a new team, it's a little bit difficult in the beginning, obviously. <clears throat> um, I don't know, I shouldn't say difficult, but just you're trying to figure out like, how you fit in, and, and I got off to a really good start uh, last year, but you're still figuring out, you know, how, how you play with certain players, you know, how certain players play, how your game fits in with the overall team, you know, obviously we had a coaching change, a lot, a lot of different changes that go into things, and I felt like I had a, a really strong year last year and felt good and felt really strong in the playoffs and wanted to kind of just take it into this year, and, yeah, I feel comfortable here, obviously. When you were coming to the league, did you think you had this in you as an offensive player? Oh, man, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you... You look too far ahead. Like you, for me, like when I came to the league, it was how am I going to stick in the league? How am I going to, you know, be an everyday player? And and then uh, every year you try to kind of add elements and change. You know, you don't go from 28 points or whatever like this. I had my first year to to now, right? Overnight, you got to work at it, and and there's still a lot of season left. So just you know, for me, every level I've been at, I've tried to to you know work at my game and try to learn the game as it changes. You know, when you're in the juniors and then you're in college and then you know you're in the American League and then you're in the you know NHL level the more time you spend in the league the more you can figure out how you fit in and, and how you can get better so same thing here so Red Burns he hasn't texted you and said there's I knew you had the city. well I mean I think I don't know if Red texts at all <laughs> but uh you know, Red, Red is, uh, I've talked about him a lot in, in the past, and just a, a huge part of the reason I'm here today. And uh, yeah, it just, uh, it's just look at my college stats. I didn't, I wasn't a, a, you know, I came in as a scorer and then turned into fourth line grinder and then back into a scorer and then back into a grinder. So just keep going. How many goals do you think you've been called back this year? Have you kept track? Uh, four or five, probably. I don't know how many. I think I've won like one or two challenges, but but lost four or five. So. So when that one went in, were you thinking puck was already by the goalie, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, like the first couple, I was talking to Foggy on the bench, and it's just like this is where the anxiety kicks in, and I'm like, I, I don't know, and I don't even care. Like, not that I don't care anymore, but it's like I, it's out of my control. Obviously, I care, but. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. We, you know, we've got the win. That's all that matters. And it would have, I mean, it would have been nice because we not went up two, and but we're able to hang on there and find another. So was it when you're up three nothing? Was it the other team started pressing a little bit more to try to score, or it looked like yeah. the game completely in control? Yeah. Uh, listen, they got a ton of skilled players over there, and, and when it's three nothing, they try to you know open it up and take risks and chances, and uh, they were able to catch us on on a couple there. And uh, I thought it was, you know, this happened to us early in the year. And I thought this time. We were able to nip it in the bud and, and catch it. Um, so it was, a, it was a good win to keep things rolling for us. We heard a lot about focus about Connor maybe focusing on scoring more this year. Any surprise that he's now the fastest to 40 among any active player? I mean, he puts that focus in and mm -hmm. now tonight he's there. Uh, no surprise. I think 
everybody knew knows what he's capable of. Like he's, you know, a pass first guy, but he's he's shooting more and he's he's scoring more. And I think it's a credit to him for working on it. Like it doesn't happen overnight. He's working on on goal scoring, and I think that's been a development for him. You know, he gets a ton of chances, and and he's he's scoring uh, and you know scoring well. So have you been following that coaching circus here with Boudreaux? No, no. I've just been I, trying to say that's their problem. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? It's never. So chat, chat in his name again. No, honestly, we, we, we've been, you know, we're, we've been worried about a playoff squad here, yeah. so we've been focused on that. I didn't hear too much about it until uh, I watched the, the, their game the last night, and then it was all over, so I heard about it then. But, yeah, I mean, it's hockey. It happens all the time, so wish them well. All right, that is Zach Hyman, four points. Oilers win 4-2 over the Canucks. He is the first star, no doubt about that. Quinn Hughes selected as the second star. Ryan Nugent Hopkins selected as the third star. Rob and I pick a fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. We can each pick a different guy. I'm going to go with Stuart Skinner. Well, that's who I was going to go with. I mean, coming back from uh, (laughs) being off that long, uh, there was a big save when it was 3-2. A shot by Quinn Hughes late in the game to flex. I believe it was Horvat. I'm not positive. And it changed direction by about three and a half feet, and he got a toe on it. Big save at a big moment. Uh, Stuart Skinner came in and just continued what he's been doing all season long. All right. Well, I'll give it to McDavid. He got his 40th goal tonight. He often gets one of the top three stars, but I'll make, I'll make of the fourth star. I, the bar is just much McDavid, higher for Connor now. McDavid, uh, two points, plays 23-49, seven shots on goal, 50% in the faceoff circle. He went six out of 12. I'm just seeing some quotes come in here from Boudreaux's news conference. Uh, Harner Ryan Singh, our buddy, has put some things out. Farhan, uh, Farhan Lalji as well. Boudreaux saying, I don't know the reason I'm still here. Maybe because Chicago, Seattle, and Columbus are next to the new group. Good luck. So basically saying, give the new coach some easier opponents. <laughs> Maybe get some wins under his belt. Well, uh, and you know what? That's 100% true. I believe that 100%. You know what? If you got a new coach coming in, give him a better chance of winning. It's not right, but teams do that. Very, uh, very odd situation. I mean, even going back to the summer, the off season, there was some uncertainty about him being brought back. Like he never really, at least the impression for me observing from Edmonton, I, I never got the impression he was, you know, fully endorsed, mm-hmm. which usually you would want your manager and your owner to do, even if maybe they had doubts behind the, behind the scenes. And then, um, yeah, just, uh, I mean, we expect Rick Talk, it'll be named coach. I think Monday is what a lot of people are saying. It, it, it just it's just horrible the way it was handled. And there's nothing wrong with firing a coach. Uh, all coaches get fired. But don't uh, let him hang out until the next guy's ready to come in. He was fired a week ago in the coach or in the GM's mind or in the owner's mind. Fire him then. Show him respect. And they didn't. And it's an absolutely horrific situation they got. This guy, he knows he's fired. He's doing a press conference knowing he's fired. That is so wrong. It looks bad on the Vancouver Canucks, and it looks bad on the National Hockey League. Uh, going to read this post on Twitter from my buddy Dave Campbell, producer mm-hmm. of Inside Sports, Elks analyst. He, he wrote, Boos Boudreaux is on his way out. Bo Horvat will follow soon. Canucks ownership and Jim Rutherford can take solace in every J.T. Miller temper tantrum for the next <laughs> seven to eight years. Which is funny because they signed J.T. Miller, gave him the huge money, didn't give it to Horvat. JT Miller's having a horrific year. He's, he's the worst of all forwards and plus minus, minus 15 going into the game. He, had the, he screamed at his goalie earlier in the season because he was mad the goalie hadn't gone to the, 
to the bench when they were trying to pull him, or he felt they should have pulled him. Banged a stick on the back of the net. And then tonight, when Edmonton scored the empty net goal, they showed the bench, more or less probably to show Boudreaux, and they showed JT Miller on the bench slamming a stick twice against the boards and then screaming at his teammates. And that, it just, that is not good leadership. And that's who they've got as their leader going forward. And Bo Horvat, who's the ultimate team player, will be gone. And Bruce Boudreaux, who is the ultimate player's coach, will be gone too. At the end of the day, maybe those two are the two lucky ones. It's a, it's a, it is a weird situation. Um, I mean, look, and we had, we've had some dark times in, in Edmonton and situations where there were you know, a little cringeworthy over the years here as well. But I, I can't think of anything, you know, I mean, John Shannon compared it to the, uh, you know, the Harold Ballard circus days in, <laughs> in Toronto and firing Roger Nielsen and not having a replacement and then mm-hmm. saying, let's put a bag over your head and you'll be the mystery coach. But, which is horrible. Which is really weird. Yeah. Um, and it, it's also, strange isn't the right word. No, I guess with Canucks fans, you're you're because he wasn't a Canuck that long, like with the fourteen months maybe. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I guess it's part of honoring just the career and how they feel he's being he's being treated. I mean, he was tearing up on the bench late in the game. Fans are but, chanting. Uh, he kind of stayed on the bench for an extra moment. To me, the fans they're they're showing their love for a man because they know that he's being absolutely disrespected. Now, going back to the Harold Ballard one. I mean, every, there, I guess there's a documentary coming out about him and how it was a circus all those years. But back then, there wasn't the 24-7 news. There wasn't the social media that there, was, that there is now. I mean, everybody knows that Bruce, Bruce has been fired. They all know that, except for they haven't told him yet. They've already talked about the coach that's coming in. Everyone knows who that coach is coming in. Everyone's known for, well, for a week for sure, but they were talking about that two, three weeks ago. So if that's the case, fire the coach. Have your assistant coach. They've got an assistant coach on the bench who's been a head coach in the NHL. They've got, a, as you said earlier, they've got a coach in the minors who's been a head coach in the NHL. Let them run the team for three or four games. It doesn't matter. The guy that they've got running it right now, they don't want. So fire him. Put him out of the... Well, they coaches, might ditch the whole staff, though. Well, they might. Is- uh, that co- but that, that <laughs> might be the, the case at some point. But they know Bruce is gone. Usually, a new when the new assistant, the new head coach comes in, he makes his decisions at that point who he wants. But Bruce Boudreaux, well, then if you're going to fire the whole staff, then bring up the guy from the minors because they're not going to fire the minor league coach too and get rid of them all. What they did was disrespectful to a man who's given his life to hockey. It's an embarrassment to the franchise. It's an embarrassment to the NHL. So. Uh, to, this is one where you do it, and if you're the ownership, you do an internal audit and say, "All right, did we handle this right?" And maybe someone else should pay a price for it too, because this was re- handled absolutely horribly. All right, so the Oilers are winners of six in a row, four-two over the Vancouver Canucks. It's a $400 donation to 6:30 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They give a hundred bucks. Per goal, the total for the season, $17,800. You can check in at 780-496-0063. You're also going to hear from Stuart Skinner and Connor McDavid. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Now Studnika, two on one, cross ice, what time what a save! Skinner got across to deny Lane Peterson with a right pad. He 
tremendous stop by Stuart Skinner. Yeah, brilliant save by Skinner early in the second period. He makes 27 stops tonight as the Oilers beat the Canucks 4-2. That is Skinner's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. His first appearance since he became a dad. Here he is. Uh, how'd the first game back feel? Felt, felt pretty good. Uh, felt a little rusty in the first. Um, kind of missed my post a couple times. Uh, but that's kind of, that's normally what, what it feels like. Um, but after making a couple stops, I felt pretty good. And then going into the second period, felt good. And then the rest of the game, just try to grind it out. Has the dad strength kicked in yet? I don't know, maybe. Uh, I know I was beating Seviet in pool the other day. So dad strength might be in my pool game, but we'll, we'll see. Does it help like to get into a game quickly? Get a couple bang bang chances in the first minute there. Yeah, that's it. Definitely kind of gets your gets your mental game and also your body kind of rolling. Uh, obviously, makes you feel good too when you make the first couple stops. Um, give credit to Vancouver; they came out hot. I mean, the first ten minutes they were they were flying in our zone and kind of kept on hemming uh, hemming us in there. And uh, I thought we did a good job how we handled it. So is is a rest sometimes good for a goalie? Played two and a half weeks. Well, I mean. Hard to say. I mean, two, two and a half weeks is a little long for me, I think. But uh, at the same time, when you are rested, obviously you're gonna, your body's going to feel a little bit better. Um, sometimes it'll feel worse, you know, if you take a little too long. Um, so it's just a matter of getting back into the game and getting your mindset and, you know, trying to keep the things the same as you would, you know, the two and a half weeks ago. So Smitty's here tonight. What? Did you have a chat with him or anything? Yeah, yeah. I, I heard I heard he was uh, coming in and watching the game tonight, so I was trying to do my best to puck handle uh, like, like him. So that's what I was saying. Anyways, I don't know. I don't know if I did a good good job. Like where at, at his standards, he's obviously one of the best in the game. Uh, so. Uh, Probably not to his standards, but it was okay. You had one save there too, where Smitty sometimes dives at the puck, and you had one in the in the I don't know if it was late in the second or the third, where the uh, two on one. Yeah, you just propelled yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to do everything you can to make the save, right? Yeah. So, Stuart, what would you say uh, are the best qualities of your team's game right now over the six-game win streak? Obviously, I think our speed, I think when we get skating and we get our get our legs going, I think, you know, it's hard to keep up with some of the guys that we have. Well, all the guys that we have. Um, I also think that we're just, we're scoring a lot lately. I think that's kind of been huge for us. We've been, you know, scoring four, five, six every night. Scored four again tonight. Um, and I think that's a huge part of our success and obviously how we're battling defensively, I think. I think just kind of all parts of our game, to be honest, is kind of starting to come together here. I can imagine that the home pregame routine has changed. Has the road one changed with maybe an extra FaceTime or two? Uh, no, no. I Well, yeah, definitely an extra FaceTime. Uh, obviously want to see see and see how Chloe's doing and um, didn't FaceTime them today uh, FaceTime them last night obviously nice. and say hi but try to keep the routines the same does Clean Costin have a question oh he left he, he, was, he was taking yeah, he was videoing me the whole time <laughs> I was going to ask him if he had a question for you so when, made me nervous Connor's got the breakaway in the first minute or so you're thinking okay we're off and running now or yeah. as a goalie you're sitting at the other end of the ice you know? yeah I think uh, I think obviously when Davo gets that opportunity and he scores, I think it's just a huge shift into the game. They're obviously on us for that whole time, and then we got kind of one break and we scored, and that kind of you know changes momentum of the game. So it was uh, obviously nice to see and have the lead, um, but at the same time, it, no matter what, it's always zero zero in my mind. So that is Stuart Skinner who gets the victory tonight. His record thirteen ten and two on the season. Oilers take down the Canucks four. Too. I like how he said that's always 0-0 zero, zero in my mind. That's 
good good approach for a goalie. Well, it has to be because you don't want to get caught up in okay, I got to make a save. Oh, if I don't make up a save here, or the other one, you don't want to get relaxed. Oh, we're up three. Right. Next one doesn't matter. Uh, that's one thing he's talked about is the mental side of it. How it, he's changed his game, and it obviously shows the way he plays. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Tony standing by. Hey, Tony, what's on your mind? The first thing I want to say is to uh, Bruce Boudreau, I know he's probably not listening, but I respect him. I feel bad the fact that he's getting fired for something that wasn't in his control. Um, The one thing I want to ask you guys is, do you think Kane is playing a little bit more safe because he is coming back from an injury? Because I'm just wondering when, like, I'm not not expecting him to play the way he was before his injury, but I'm just wondering, do you guys think that he will be back to the same guy that he was? I, I, I think he he's played with edge. Uh, he took some healthy runs at players. He is uh, His stick has been very active, and I'm not talking about puck on puck. I'm talking about stick on body, stick on the other guy's stick. Uh, he's been aggressive. I, I, I really, I don't, he's not going to fight, and you don't want him to, but I think he's been aggressive. I think the only thing is he's playing in a league right now where everyone's got 40-some games under their belt, and he's got three. So he will be a slight step behind and probably will be for another 10 to 12 games. But as far as I don't think he's taking it easy, I think he's looking for contact out there. He just he's probably a little bit behind where he normally would be simply because he's missed 30 some games. Yeah, I mean, I think he I mean, he had seven shots on goal in his first game. Mm -hmm. I mean, he hasn't put one in yet he he was involved in a couple of scrums against the lightning i i agree i don't think he wants to fight no and he did say probably won't be back to full strength this season yep. but he's obviously probably at 90 percent strength if he's playing i don't think they'd let him play if he was like oh my wrist is yeah. half it feels half as strong as it needs to be i don't think he'd be back in the nhl with that but no uh yeah i i don't just from watching the games i don't sense any hesitation that it's a different evander kane nope no. I, I agree 100%. I just think he's, it'll take him a few games to get back up to the same speed Meet that everyone the else Loop. Yeah, I think you make a good point. I mean, you're not going to have the same, I don't no. know if jump is the right. You maybe well, just don't feel like you're in the flow as much no. after not playing. And the game, the game is so fast, and you can do all the things you want in practice to prepare. And then you can go off the ice, and you do the weights and the bike, and you can skate extra hard when the practice is over. But when the game starts, there's other bodies involved, and you can't simulate real game situations in practice because no one works that hard. No one battles you that hard. So that part, he'll be a little step behind, but he'll get into it very, very quickly. Uh, But as far as the physical part of it, I've seen zero hesitation in him. All right, so here's what uh, happened around the NHL today. We'll start with some Pacific Division teams on the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Calgary got a win today, 6-3 over the Lightning. That was an afternoon game. So a big win there for the Flames. The Kings lost to the Predators 5-3. The Kraken got a point. They lost in a shootout, 2-1 to the Avalanche. And the Golden Knights uh, all over the Capitals tonight. 6-2 was the final. What did you say? At one point it was 5-0 and Petrangelo was plus, plus 5. five yeah. so. And the, the, the Golden Knights did it on the back of all of their role players. Their top players, Stone's out of the lineup. Eichel had nothing going on today. Marsha Show did nothing. Their role players scored, I believe, all six goals for them. So 29th win of the season for the Golden Knights. Uh, also... 
Chicago wins 5-3 in St. Louis. Ottinger for the Stars shuts out the Coyotes 4-0. Hurricanes beat the Islanders 5-2. Jets win 5-1 in Ottawa. That's their 30th win of the season. Shifley had a couple in that game. He's up to 28. The Canadians upend the Leafs 3-2 in overtime. Rem Pitlick got the game winner. The Blue Jackets over the Sharks 5-3. Flyers over the Wings 2-1. Panthers beat the Wild 5-3. And the Sabres knock off the Ducks 6-3. Western Hockey League, Oil Kings have to settle for a point. They lost 4-3 in overtime to Prince George. The Oilers farm team, Bakersfield winning 3-2 over Tucson. And uh, NFL playoffs, the evening game here, Philadelphia pounding the Giants 38-7. And the Chiefs, with a hobbled Patrick Mahomes, beat Jacksonville 27-20. Yeah, my Chiefs are still in it, although their quarterback better have a miraculous recovery. I'm not excited about... My quarterback having a bad ankle going up against either Buffalo or Cincy. And I, I didn't see the full game. So the the backup led a 98-yard drive? Yeah. He, Chad Henney? Yeah. Uh, Mahomes left, and then a, a fantastic punt by uh, the Jaguars and pinned them on their two-yard line, and Henney came in. That was his first time in the game, and he led them for a touchdown from his own two-yard line. And then after that, they pull him out, and they brought in the hobbled Mahomes instead. Yeah, well... He's pretty good. He's pretty good. The Oilers beat the Canucks 4-2. Whenever the Oilers get to 5, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. All right, you can get us at 780-496-0063. You're also going to hear from Connor McDavid, who got his 40th. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Lockwood does not have a goal in his 26 prior NHL games, but a reverse hit on Ryan, who took exception to that hit. Lockwood saw him coming and got the elbow up. Roberg tied up on the left half boards as Vancouver maintains in the attacking zone. Big hit on Studnika. And now this is about to get physical. Holloway being separated from Lane Peterson is getting in there immediately. Is that Costin? It was Costin. <laughs> he, he's part. looking for it. And the best was he put the Canuck player in a headlock. And he put Holloway in a headlock. Yeah, he's he had, just dividing anybody. He had both guys in a headlock kind of just, all right, boys, this is my job. Back away. <laughs> the crunch of the game. I mean, good hits there. The one the one on Ryan and then a really good body check by Holloway as well. Our crunch of the game for Cougar Paint Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. The Oilers get their sixth consecutive victory. How about that? 4-2 over the Vancouver Canucks. Tonight, so Edmonton 27-18-3 and three on the season. Two more games coming up before their bye week and into the All-Star break. They're going to host Columbus on Wednesday and then Chicago on Saturday. So uh, another couple of games against teams lower down in the standing. So hopefully the Oilers can take advantage of Do you still have that uh, quote ready, Rob? Uh, I will in I, one I second. I can get it here. Just uh, Boudreaux uh, spoke for about 10 minutes to the Vancouver media and... Uh, he said, you never know if it's the end. You've been at it for 50 years, and if it's the end, so I had to stay out there and look at the crowd and say, my, say to myself, remember this moment. Then he did say, I haven't been fired yet, by the way, he joked. <laughs> he, no, he's the only one that this hasn't is, been told. Yeah, Everyone else in the world knows he's been fired, but the guy that's being fired hasn't been told. Uh, but it was, like, uh, I remember my last ever game, 
and I knew it was my last ever game. And the last 45 seconds I was on the ice, I was in tears on the ice because mm. I knew that was the end of my career. And I could see, see the emotion in Bruce Boudreaux's face as he's standing on the bench. And again, he hasn't been fired, but everyone knows it's happening. And he's just standing trying to soak it all in. And I gave him credit for standing out there and enjoying that last moment and just remembering everything that you put into this game. And that's what's so sad about it is there, this is a lifer. This is a guy that made a number of people, probably talking hundreds of hundreds of people's careers better because they were, he was part of their career. He coached them. He played with them. And for it to end the way it did is just so wrong in so many ways. Nothing wrong with him getting fired. That's part of the job. The way it was handled, there's a problem with that. 780-496-0063. We have Chris standing by. Hi, Chris. Go ahead. Hey, Reed. Hey, Rob. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Uh, well, I, get, I just got a few things I wanted to talk about tonight. Uh, first off, uh, uh, unbelievable stretch right now. Six straight wins for the guys. Uh, solid win tonight. Uh, I had to say, uh, must be the, the dad power and being named uh, as an all-star for the first time, but Stuart Skinner, great game tonight he had. Yeah. And uh, just, uh, you know what, overall, I, I mean, it still keeps amazing me. It amazes me how much Zach Hyman just keeps getting better and better every time. It's a shame that uh, I believe you tweeted, Reed, uh, this was his fourth uh, disallowed goal. He'd be at 28 on the season yeah. right now and would have surpassed his. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious right now. Like We'd be talking at 30 at least already or close to or at this point. Uh, great stuff tonight by the team. And I just kind of wanted to add one comment on uh the Canucks and you know what I feel for Bruce Boudreaux like you know Rob you said it yourself like this the way this is handled like you know the Canucks organization this is embarrassing yeah, they should be ashamed of themselves with how this is like you know I get it the you know coaches get fired every time but when you know the reports come out your replacements are already there the assistants are there it's it's sad, and uh, I certainly hope it's not the end for Boudreaux. I hope he still gets another chance because this is not the way uh, you want uh, this to end, if this is the end. Yeah, it is It is weird. Uh, and, and look, a lot of times in this day and age with you know social media and uh, you know obviously media people have contacts or people within the organization might leak things or age, like agents really don't care mm-hmm. oftentimes. So, yeah, sometimes stuff comes out the night before. Oh, they're gonna, there's a news conference tomorrow morning. It's because they're firing the coach or, or, or doing this. Yes. It's weird for, for but, several days, though. But ha- but having said that, normally that if it comes out, as soon as the GM sees, okay, someone has leaked it, then the phone call is made and said, okay, we're going to fire you now. We're going to wait till tomorrow. But they Because they, they will never let a person hang like that. And that's what's just so horrible, horrible about this. And... That's all anyone's talking about. So this is so right now. There's so many great things going on in the NHL right now. Connor McDavid scores 40, and the Seattle crack, and there's incredible things going on. But all anyone's talking about is the way the Vancouver Canucks are treating a person. And it, this isn't a a hockey issue. This is a a human issue. You don't treat somebody like that. You don't treat a person the way the Vancouver Canucks are treating Bruce Boudreau. It's horrible. So it, I, to me, it's weird to me Rutherford's involved because he went in there to be like, okay, here's a, here's a, <laughs> speaking of lifers, like here's a lifer, you know, a yes. longtime manager, successful. 100%. Yeah, I, that's, I mean, it, it was a, 
it was a train wreck, the Vancouver Canucks, for the last few years there. They brought in Rutherford to fix the train wreck, and they've just – it's exploded. Like, it's it's worse. Absolutely horrific what's going on there. Uh, I, I know Rick Tockett, and Rick Tockett will be a good coach. Mm-hmm. But this is not – and this is not the way he wants to come in. Because the first questions he's going to be asking are about the way this all ended for Bruce Boudreaux. So, I mean, they're just setting – just horrible, horrible example for the city of Vancouver right now. So it's unfortunate that's what our, most of the people are talking about right now when there's so many other great stories in the National Hockey League. All right, uh, 4-2, the Oilers win it. Our quick change on behalf of Rob will be to move <laughs> off the Boudreaux topic for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to it from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. What does Aaron want to talk about on the Certainty Hotline? Aaron, go ahead. Well, guys, I was going to talk about... Uh, Boudreaux, but I'm not going to do that now. What do you guys think about Jack Campbell and how he's been playing lately? Well, you, you can talk about Boudreaux, yeah. first of all. I, I was kind of joking there, but if, if you do want to say something, well, you can. I, I was going to say, like, what do you think about a, a, like, you know, a classy organization dragging a guy through the mud like that? Well, it, it means it's not a classy organization. Good call. Uh, as far as Jack Campbell, he's been excellent and good on him. Uh, I, I don't know Jack, but everything that we've heard about uh, about him as a person... Everyone loves the guy. Absolutely loves the guy. Uh, he came here with high expectations, and uh, there was a there was an expectation of what he was supposed to bring to this organization. He's supposed to be the all right. We're finally going to be solid in net. We're going to be solid in net for five years. It didn't start well for him. And the best part about him, he just went and worked. Uh, he took a back seat to the backup goalie. Never complained. Always came with a positive attitude. Uh, he saw always had a smile on his face. And he just worked to get better. And when he finally got his opportunity, he went in there and he was excellent. So the Edmonton Oilers right now have the benefit of having two very good goaltenders that can give them quality starts game in, game out. So good on Jack Campbell. Yeah, I mean, Skinner's been a great story. Campbell's played better lately. And to be fair, even when Campbell was struggling, there were some good moments along the way. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he wasn't making as many saves as as Skinner was, for sure. So, we, go, I mean, we know it's the most important position on the ice. And, of course, you know, there's McDavid and you know, the Avs had McKinnon and, you know, I mean, Tampa I mean, as great, here's the, as great as Tampa Bay is, are they in three consecutive cup finals without Vasilevsky? Nope, not a chance. Probably not. They're nope. probably still pretty good. Yep. But, I mean, it's it's such an important position. And, and I think, uh, you know, we always talk about it a lot, whether it's good, bad, mediocre, or whatever. But, uh, and to be, I mean, this is the weird thing. Like, Koskinen and Smith had good games last year, but it, it was the bad games people worried about, right? So with, with this, I mean, Skinner, his off nights, like, I, I wouldn't even say they've been that far off. I mean, Campbell maybe had a couple games where you're like, okay, that was pretty <laughs> shaky. But um, I guess that's the thing, Rob. If your goalie has the – the good goalies have off nights, but they might still give you a chance. You know, well, what, you know what I mean? Or you might think, okay, he's, 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 has an off, he's had an off night. Maybe we'll have to get to four or five, not eight or nine. <laughs> well, the problem was – uh, the off nights were more frequent than they needed. And, I mean, he had an 880 save percentage. That That's not going to win you over a lot of What's fans. Campbell up to now in the season? You know, he's still 887. So, and that's after... But he's like 920-ish lately. the last and five that, games. Yeah. He's, he's playing now like they expected him to play. And, and good on him. And good on... And, the, and your backup goalie's going to the All-Star game. 
So are they, the Oilers are right now set in net. They're going up and down their lineup. It's hard to find in the last six, seven games, uh, I guess the last six games, anyone that you don't feel is doing something in a positive way. The Edmonton Oilers are playing very well right now. Including Vinny DeHarnay, who is and 6-0 as an NHL player. He There's came up nothing for this, to this, uh, this game. He came up in, in uh, coinciding with the winning streak here. This turned out kind of funny tonight. I, I set the line at 5.5 for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. DeHarnay, his assists plus his hits plus his blocked shots in this game. He did not get any stats except ice time. He got 10.38 of ice time. No shots, no shot attempts, no hits, no giveaways, no takeaways, no block shots, and obviously no face-offs. So that's what they put on the main that stat is, sheet. So it's under. It's hard to do. But so, so Michael gets the $50 River Creek Resort and Casino gift card. I feel like if I rewatch the tape closely enough, he must have blocked a shot. I mean, he takes up half the ice. And a hit. I, I think they, <laughs> they heard the stat. The, whoever that, who won? Who was the under? Uh, Michael. You know who Michael was? He was the stats guy in Vancouver tonight. Yeah, maybe. So anyway. But uh, you know what, though? A, a stay-at-home defenseman, a stat line where there's nothing is actually not, a bad, not, so bad. It's not yeah. a bad thing. All right. Uh, we had the uh, Woodcroft uh, audio cutout earlier, so let's uh, let's go back and hear from Woody. Jay, last year a lot of uh, Zach Hyman's teammates called them a perfect fit, and he's already blown past his career numbers from last year. How does perfect get even better? Well, I mean, he's effort personified, so you know what you're getting um, uh, every every day he gets to the rink, whether it's a practice or a game. Um, you know, he's he's at a career pace. We're proud of that, um, that he's finding his stride in Edmonton. Uh, I think he makes us a better team. I used the term to describe him before as uh, easy to play with but hard to play against. I think that sums him up uh, perfectly. And uh, He's a great teammate. Uh, he's got a big voice in the room, and uh, we're happy he's on our team. The only thing uh, that was negative was that he had a goal call back tonight. He might lead the league in that. There's about five of them, right? He's given up figuring out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Connor McDavid becomes the fastest to score 40 in 23 years. Uh, the last player to do it, Pavel Burry in 48 games. Do you see similarities between their games? Uh, Plenty. I never saw Pavel Burry up close. Um, but uh, I think, you know, his speed was a huge factor in, in his ability to score goals and uh, dominate the way he did. I think Connor's his own uh, unique uh, player. Um, you know, he's you know, he's the player of his generation. And uh, what we're seeing is special. What I really enjoyed seeing was how he dug in on those penalty kills at the end of the game. Um, and he's serious about winning. And I think that resonates uh, in what he's willing to sacrifice in order to win. So they got up 3 nothing. Did they just start taking chances and pressing the issue a little bit more? Or it seemed like you had the game well under. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought we had, I thought their goaltender did a good job to keep it at three. Uh, I thought we had numerous chances we didn't convert on. He did a good job. Uh, I thought that team played hard. Um, they played very hard. It was, uh, even at 3 nothing. no one felt it was in the bag. Um, and then I thought we made a mistake on the 3-1 goal. That gave him a little bit of life. Made a mistake on face-off coverage that we normally wouldn't make uh, and that made it 3-2 uh, but we dug in and found a way to win a big game on the road and you know I was happy with our effort and uh, 
contribution from everybody that was dressed. Stu was good. Stu was great. Um, and I thought that was important for him, too. You know, he, his last game was last Monday, and uh, he probably only played 22 minutes in that game or so. And so it's important for him. You know, he's had a lot going on in his world. Um, but he was able to focus and um, come up with a big win for us. Smitty was in the building. He was trying to work on his puck handling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I saw him debut some new uh, equipment the other day. It looked like a, a version of Mike Smith's equipment package there. And, um, you know, it's nice to have Mike in. Uh, give him a big hug. Uh, you know, obviously had a huge impact on our organization. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see his family, too. Jim, why don't you go back to the comment you made about McDavid, the two plays he made on the penalty kill. When your leaders are doing that, and you've often referenced that, when we talk about the offense, you talk about the little things. When the leaders are doing the little things, is that a big reason why you're seeing the success that you are right now? I think so. Um, You look at what Nugent Hopkins is doing. You look at Hyman. You look at, um, you know, what Connor did there on the the penalty kill. Um, You know, I said he's giving up some things in order to win. Um, in order to make sure his quality of shift uh, is where it needs to be. Uh, he's being asked to do a lot. And, um, you know, I thought it was a huge factor in us winning the game tonight. Uh, he looked dangerous every time he was on the ice. But what I'm really proud of is how he dug in um, with the rest of the, the team and found a way to get it done when the other team was pushing hard. All right, that is Jay Woodcroft as the Oilers knock off the Vancouver Canucks 4-2. If you're up, well, you can phone us. 780-496-0063. You're also going to hear from Connor McDavid. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. A shot by Ekman Larson. Another save made by Skinner in the rebound. Twisted free by Hyman. Breakaway. Connor McDavid in on Spencer Martin and he scores. Edmonton's first shot is a goal against Martin and the Canucks. And it's Connor McDavid's 40th of the season. First shot on goal for the Oilers tonight. McDavid gets his 40th minute 26 into the game. Great pass by Hyman to Springham later on in the first period on a power play. The Oilers got a two on one. Nuge threw a long pass up to McDavid, who then set up Hyman for his 24th. Dry settle from Hyman and Nugent Hopkins in the second period. Kuzmenko got him behind the Oilers' defense to score with 3.14 left in the second. Miller beat a screen skinner from the blue line, 3.26 into the third. Uh, Hyman thought he scored with 5.27 left. It was called off for goalie interference, but then Nuge got an empty netter with 34.8 on the clock. Hyman assisted on that one, so the Oilers win it 4 Two. They've won six straight. Good run. Canucks have two wins in their last 12. Yeah, the Canucks, they're not a very good hockey club right now in absolute disarray. We'll see if a new coaching staff can change anything, but the one thing you can't change is some of the players they have playing. They're lacking some depth, and it was really obvious tonight in the hockey game. Would you have any interest in Luke Shen? Let me ask you that. I would. I think he's a, a very good 6-7 defenseman. He plays with uh, nastiness. He's physical. Uh, he's got almost a 1,000 games on his resume. Uh, I, I do believe that Luke Shen will be traded before the trade deadline. Uh, someone will want him, at the very least, as a depth defenseman. You've you got to have depth going into the playoffs. You go on a long run, you might need eight, nine, ten defensemen at some point. 
a few years back, the Buffalo Sabres literally ran out of defensemen when they were trying to go to the Stanley Cup Finals and lost in, I think it was game six or seven of the semifinals. They, they just ran into too many injuries. You do not want to get caught like that. Luke Shen will be picked up by somebody. One of only two Canucks who were plus tonight. He was plus one in 17-19, four shots on goal, four hits, and probably going to go to a team where he wouldn't even have to play that much necessarily. No, no, he's a guy that you would want to be as a 14-minute guy that plays tough minutes, good penalty killer. Uh, I, I know that there's he was with Tampa before. That might be where he goes back, Tampa could use a guy that they've had before in championship runs. No, Luke Shen is he's the everyday man that you just put out there in tough minutes and the expectations are he'll be physical and hard to play against. All right, so Connor McDavid, 8 goals, 8 assists, 16 points over the course of a 10-game point streak. Here he is. Connor, six consecutive victories uh, with the win tonight. Uh, what qualities do you feel like your team is demonstrating best during this streak? I think, I think depth. I think we're showing a lot of good depth. Um, you know, we're getting contributions from everybody, um, you know, whether it's on the score sheet or playing physical or, you know, blocking a shot or, or being solid defensively. I think we're getting contributions up and down the lineup. And, um, and then a little maturity. You know, we, we found ourselves in some tight games and finding a way to close them out, and uh, that's a big part of, the, part of winning. Last year you called Zach Hyman a perfect fit for this club. How does Perfect get even better? Already blasting past his career high. Yeah, he's you know he's doing doing a lot of really good things, and he's obviously feeling it offensively as well, which is a, a great thing. So you know it's going in for him right now, and he's still getting some called back, which uh, <laughs> is pretty pretty wild. I've never seen a guy get more called back, but. Um, you know what, it shows he's going to the net hard and, and doing a lot of good things, like I said, around the net. I think that's about five he's had called back. He comes 30 by five. I know, I know. He's, it's something about it, I don't know. But he's going to the net hard, obviously, so it's it's probably a good thing. Does he do little things when you see him every day that you didn't see when he was on the opposing team? Well, I think I think just how many battles he wins, um, you know, how many pucks he keeps alive. Um, you know, you obviously notice how hard he works, and uh, you're playing against him, it's... Uh, it's uh, it's a tiring night uh, for sure, just because he he's like a dog on a bone at, on on the puck. So um, you know, I think that's the, the biggest thing that jumps out when you when you're playing with him. You had your 40th goal, or that's the fastest since Burray to get 40. What do you think of that? 25 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, trying to score goals and, you know, lucky it's going in. Does it mean anything to get a milestone, like, like to hit it in that fast? To, to... Uh, yeah, it's nice. You know, th- those types of things are nice. Um, you know, but that's not why we play the game. We play to win and, um, you know, we've been finding ways to do that, which is good. Did Pro. you watch those? Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, did you watch Burry or his highlights growing up at all? Not, not, not really. I think, uh, you know, obviously seen a lot of his highlights and he skate, skated like the wind and uh, scored some beautiful goals. So uh, to be in the same breath of, as him is, uh, is uh, you're obviously doing something good. You've been pretty good on the breakaways. But you didn't get poke checked this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's something that uh, you, know, you get a breakaway, you, you got to bear down and score it. Um, you don't get many. And um, you know, I've missed a few in a row now. And um, just try to keep it simple. Um, Stuart Skinner's game, considering he hadn't played two and a half weeks. Yeah, yeah, he was real solid. You know, I think it was a much needed break. You know, he's a young guy finding his way in this league, and um, you know, we've 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 put a lot on his shoulders really really early here. Um, you know, with the with the workload and stuff. So I think it was a good little break, and obviously adding a new member to the family is uh, is uh, is something cool for for a young guy. So um, you know, really big for him. All right, goal and assist for Connor McDavid, a goal and three assists for Zach. Hyman. The Oilers have won six straight, 4-2 over the Canucks. 
tonight. Our next game broadcast on 6.30 Chet presented by Friesen Brothers is Wednesday, 6 o'clock face-off show game at 7.30 as the Oilers take on the Columbus Blue Jackets at Rogers Place. Thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Thank you